Welcome to Talkie Talk, the podcast for the MediaBios.com. Joining me today is TJ. Yep. Chris. Got myself a Brent. Hi. My name is David, and on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about Brawl and Cell Block 99. Yes. And then talking about something else. Yes. (laughs) So first, (laughs) getting right into it, talking about uh, Brawl and Cell Block 99. Yeah, I'll do the quick plot synopsis. So it's about this guy named Bradley. Get his last name. But, Thomas. Uh, yeah, yeah, Bradley Thomas, who Whitford. is a uh, gets uh, gets fired from his uh, from his job and uh, winds up having to take or you know he he winds up taking a job as a uh, drug mule for uh, a drug dealer that he is friends with and. Uh, one thing leads to another. He he has a chance during a police bust to get away, but instead he opts to help save police lives by intervening and uh, gets himself caught in the process and uh, goes gets sentenced to seven years in prison. And while he's in prison, his wife is kidnapped by these drug dealers, and uh, basically he is forced to or he thinks he's forced to go get himself transferred to a more maximum security prison so he can go find some prisoner that they want assassinated and go kill him. And that's kind of the that's the plot of the movie. It's a it's a very grindhouse type movie. The only um, other part you're omitting is the leverage that the drug cartel has against him. Which is pretty brutal. They've kidnapped his wife and they are have a oh yeah Korean I love abortionist <laughs> yeah yeah who is going to cripple the baby in utero yeah yeah that was that's pretty inventive um, pretty upsetting yeah so uh, what do you what do you think we'll start with TJ I, I feel like I know his coming in yeah I didn't like it <laughs> not that good the I mean, Chris brought up on the way here the fight choreography, which was pretty cool. But violence for the sake of violence, the story was pretty eye-rolly. No idea how it got reviewed so well. Who are you, David? Um, it is, I feel like it's not a movie anybody likes. <laughs> yeah, it's not a movie you want to watch again. People can. Again. I think it's more of something you say. Is it impressive? Is it inventive? Is it interesting? But it is... Uh, I mean... Largely unsettling, the violence, the situations, the uh, you know the nihilism of the violence is pretty uncomfortable. Yeah, um, there's some interesting stuff here and there. Like I think uh, Chris was saying, like the fight choreography is interesting how they stage it. It's not quick cut stuff. It is mostly something you see on a screen, and something that I noticed is uh, I don't know if this was the from the technique of the people involved. But you can definitely tell Vince Vaughn is doing it because all the violence and fights are so slow. Yeah. And, like, methodical. Mm-hmm. And it is, like, slow punches and, like, twisting people around, breaking limbs and things. Everything is very, like, deliberate. It's meat hitting meat. Mm-hmm. And it's... it's they, don't, they don't sacrifice any of the realism for, like, flashiness... You know, even like the one guy that they show who's like practicing doing like kind of like Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. against the dummy. Like when he actually gets into a brawl, it's just like punches to the head and to the arm, and it's just really raw. 
Yeah, I think the camera work during the fight scenes was was really interesting because it would it got planted in a spot and it stays completely still, which made a whole, the violence way more brutal. Yeah, to me because I guess it's just from seeing so many action movies with so many like you know quick cuts and, and moving cameras to that you just hiding wires and hiding like muff hits and, it doesn't feel as real it doesn't yeah. feel as like when when people get punched but yeah. in this movie the punches felt really real because you felt like you were just sort of paralyzed standing there watching it yeah it, 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 it was shot like these actors probably actually hurt each other a couple yeah. times like, yeah. <laughs> so many of the scenes, there's a bunch of people that are witnessing the violence that we're witnessing. Whether it's like Eleazar at the table watching all of his goons get destroyed. Mm-hmm. It's guards watching other guards go down. It's kind of like us in the audience watching it. I think it's a good uh, thing to pick up on. Like the, the quick cut stuff. It's like after the Jason Bourne movies, it was kind of the, the standard of the the camera moves as quick as the violence does. Yeah. But this is definitely like a the exact opposite of that. Yeah, and it the the fighting is so slow; it just adds to the like horror of it. I think in a way. Yeah, he's not like a like a like a luchador or you know some like kung fu expert. He's a boxer. He's a brawler. Mm-hmm. He punches people with his like, and he wasn't like a, a lightweight. Like he's going for knockout punches every time, and everyone is doing that to him because it's all like prison thugs and correctional officers. Yeah, the way Vince Vaughn fights, it's almost it's not the like uh, finesse fighting; it's efficiency. Yeah, he moves as little as possible with like as, the maximum amount of violence as possible. Yeah, that's why he's trying at every opportunity to break arms and break legs because he stops people from fighting back. Right. Yeah. Um, but what do you think, Chris? I thought it was all right. I mean, it's it's an it's an average prison movie to me. Um, you know, a while back we talked about, you know, some great prison movies um, after watching Bronson. And the violence reminded me a lot of Bronson, where it's just like, there's nothing special about it. It's just, you know, this man was made for murder, and he goes and does his thing. Um, yeah, and they're, they're, it's similar in that way, and it's also like, there's a, a contrast between them two where, like, Bronson embraced it, and it was just like... Like realized that was his gift to the yeah. world, and or thought that was his gift to the world was his violence, whereas Bradley is more just like I don't know, seems to give into it more. Like just like I, I don't think he wants to be that violent, but I feel like that's his because in the early on in the movie, there's that scene with the car, which is super interesting. Like he just. Uh, he reacts very calmly towards his wife. He doesn't want to hurt people. Yeah. So he just goes, and when he gets fired, you know, he's very calm. But he takes it out on inanimate objects. And so I think the prison setting forces him to, or maybe he feels forced to take it out on animate objects. Yeah. For the yeah. first time. The car scene is, the, I think, the best scene in the movie. And it's also, I think it's a good... Um, uh, introduction to him that he like his nature is this violence and his whole life he's trying to like sidestep that mm. and like he's trying to have a kid trying to have a normal job be a normal person and then the the violence comes back to him yeah I also like the dichotomy if they have like a I think that that scene kind of plays against what you think would happen. Like, I seriously thought there's a specter of physical violence towards his wife hanging over that whole thing. 
but uh, you know she cheats on him. He's you know uh, loses it against this car, and they have a rational discussion. It's like, how could we stay together? Should we have a kid? How how do we afford that? Well, I could take on the risk of going back to a life of crime. And then jump cut to, they do that, and they have a great house, she's pregnant, they're happy together, and then the movie kind of takes it all away again. Yeah. Yeah, I thought the, if you're if you're calling the genre Grindhouse, which I would, yeah. um, I thought the dialogue is, was much better than what you would normally find mm-hmm. in that genre of movie. Some, some pretty cheesy lines, but, yeah. you know, to be expected from the, from the type. Like, how you doing? It's like south of okay, north of cancer. Yeah. I kind of like that. Some little dialogue flair. Yeah. I mean, and you get the... I think the thing for me that really elevated the movie and made it a, a good movie was Vince Vaughn. Just his performance. Because it's so much more than, like... Everything else in the movie fits into just, like, baseline for that genre for me. Mm-hmm. Like, Don Johnson is the just over-the-top warden who's right. just, like... Like got a little mustache twirl going on and and uh, yeah, like s- smoking his little cigars all the time. I feel like he's, he's such a stock character. He steps out of like a Quentin Tarantino version of this story. Yeah, mm. yeah. I think that's the, the only thing is just that's Vaughn was really good in this movie. I he thought. was he was good. I kind of want to stop seeing Vince Vaughn is serious in movies when he has like a southern accent. <laughs> it's like this Hacksaw Ridge. He both has like <laughs> like. I don't think he does a great southern accent. No. But uh, this one, he's, you know, he's usually, like, he's Troy. He's the motor mouth kind of thing, and he plays against the, at least that type with being slow, southern, not doesn't really speak a lot. Yeah. I mean, my, my favorite Vince Vaughn being serious role, and I don't know if we're going to talk about this later, is his role in True Detective. That's, like, Vince Vaughn, not with a southern accent, where he does some dramatic acting that's really good. But yeah, I did. I did note the accent was a little bothersome, but I think we're specially equipped for that because we've all lived in Georgia for so long. Yeah, I kind of enjoy this movie more when characters get to talk to each other just about stuff, and the violence kind of impedes. I think the best part of the movie. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I like the first half of the movie more than the second half. Uh, I liked the uh, one of one of my favorite scenes was the the guy showing him around prison, his orientation Lefty, to yeah. the fridge. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, that guy was a good little character, and then unfortunately, I don't know. I wasn't thrilled that he had to leave the place we had just got introduced to. Yeah, I yeah. didn't. I didn't really like this movie that much, but I will say, uh, same director S. Craig Zoller. Yeah, I think is it his other movie, Bone Tomahawk. Uh, it still has flashes of extremely uncomfortable violence. But if you're a fan of the dialogue, little snippets here and there, it's got amazing dialogue in that movie. Nice. Kurt Russell movie. Uh, especially uh, Richard Jenkins is this like loquacious prospector voiced kind of guy uh, in that movie. I really recommend it. If you like that part of this movie, but don't like the kind of other, the more brutal parts, I would recommend that. Nice. I uh, wonder if he's just going to bounce from genre to genre of like, uh, you know, like, Violent Western, violent prison movie. What's next? <laughs> violent rom com. <laughs> Anything else? Nah, it's I'm just uh, it's fun when people watch a movie and feel completely opposite about everything. <laughs> be, Phil. I thought the car scene was dumb. Uh, I thought the 
mad props to Vince Vaughn for the training he did and the choreography and how much muscle he put on. But I thought the dialogue was fucking miserable in this movie. I couldn't take it. I thought it was super stupid. But, I mean, I get everything y'all are saying, too. It's, it's a very subjective think, opinion. I also think the dialogue is out of place in this movie. Um, but I, I, did, I did enjoy it. In the car scene, I think it's about the efficiency of the violence against the car. Which is like your, your download to who uh, Bradley is. He doesn't just like smash, keep like hitting a car. He smashes the things he can break that he knows he can break. Yeah. And how to like get to them and get them out of the car. Which sets you up for how he fights people. Yeah. yeah. So I, don't, I don't think we're feeling opposite. It's just, I'm just trying to dig for stuff I did like. I ultimately didn't like this movie. Wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, I don't know that I would recommend it. It's, a, it's not the kind of movie I would recommend to people. Unless you're a fan of Grindhouse movies, in which case this is probably going to be the best one you see in a long time. And go see a medical professional. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. some people yeah. just like those kind of movies. Yeah. Those splatter, blood splatter movies, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an it's a exploitation movie. Yeah. There's yeah. something that those get to about, like, the visceral thrill of, like, revenge and violence. Yeah, I yeah, like Yeah, I mean, I like some of those movies. Yeah, I loved yeah. Saw when I was 16. <laughs> I just want to picture yeah. the kind of person where this is someone's favorite movie. They scare me. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> oh, what do you um, do? You give any uh, any shrift to the um, I forget who it was. I think AV Club uh, critic uh, really kind of hated the violence and plot of the movie and saw Vince Vaughn char- Vince Vaughn's character as just a like a natural like white supremacist and that he found joy and all that all of his victims are. Like, minorities isn't a mistake. Hmm. <clears throat> I don't know. I was wondering, I mean, the tattoo on the back of his head is never explained, but it's like a iron cross, right? Right. And he's got... Things that people pointed out is he's got two American flags, huge American flags on his front lawn. You know, he, he delivers the line, obviously to provoke the gangsters in the, the second or third prison he goes to. Um... By saying, you know, the colors of the American flag aren't red, white, and burrito. Oh, right. But um, also, his his friend, Gil, is the one who's more racist towards the Hispanic people uh, that they are working with. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that Bradley participates in that or doesn't really, like, kind of, like, kind of scoffs at his just being comically racist. Yeah. I, I, I kind of, I, I didn't bring up to talk about it, but I, I kind of dismissed it. Only because, you know, Bradley, if nothing as he's portrayed, is efficient. Like, he doesn't give a shit. Like, he doesn't have time or care about hating people unless they've done something or are in the way for him to accomplish a goal. Right. Right. Yeah. But that that was an interesting criticism. Yeah, and I definitely didn't pick up on that. I mean, he's also violent against white uh, prison guards that are around him. He breaks the little short white guy's arm. When he's still at Redleaf, he breaks the... uh, you know, he attacks the African-American uh, corrections officer, but also the guard in the stairwell. Mm-hmm. Is you know, white dudes that he's beaten up. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's discriminating with whose limbs he wants to snap at any given time. Right. When he breaks the dude's leg and then drags him, and you hear, like, the bone grinding, like, at the break. Yeah. Yeah, it's an unsettling movie. But, weirdly, one of the best-reviewed movies of 2017... Like, that's bizarre. To me. Like ninety-two yeah. percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's yeah. I think it's just Vince Vaughn's performance was the big reason. Because he thought he was so fucking awful. <laughs> 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 
Like it was, it was just so bad to me. I mean, like I said, he was great in the the action sequences. That was impressive. Um, I even said he was good in my letterbox review due to that because I mean that's a lot of the movie. Mm-hmm. But yes, whenever he opens his mouth, it was just like get the fuck off the screen. <laughs> it's one of the first movies I can think of that really uses Vince Vaughn's unique physicality. Yeah, because he's like he's daunting. He's yeah, a big dude. He's like six foot five. five. And usually he's like either lanky or you know in later movies he put on a little bit of weight. He's not the skinny uh, Troy character, but he's never like a menace in any movie. Yeah, but I was reading he put on muscle and took like three months of like hardcore boxing mm-hmm. lessons, and that that's all really impressive. Yeah, he also he had, unfortunately uh, had to talk some too. Yeah, apparently he also has an A minus cock, which is you know good for yeah. him. <laughs> Bizarre little touches of those guys like doing all the predictions and the grades. Yeah. Yeah, I did like uh, like there's some small scenes here and there. I like uh, the guy's name is Fred Malamed. He's a guy in in a better in a in a world. Mm-hmm. He's like the uh, officer who is uh, you know when you first get in, you're in the line and you're like giving up all of your items. I just like his, his the control he has in the queue of his line. <laughs> Bradley's got to go through multiple times until he gets it right. I just like the little flavor of that in the movie. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's his only chance to, you know, that's his justice yeah. for the these criminals is just making them go back to the back of the line. Yeah. You didn't get it quite right. Try again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, not a movie for everyone. Um, super violent. But if... Uh, after Midnight Grindhouse movies are your thing, then uh, I would recommend it. Because it's probably, it's better, and better like, well, like, the cinematography is better than you're going to find in those movies. I mean, that's why that's why it wasn't like a half-star movie for me. I did think, the filming of the fight scenes was really good, mm-hmm. and the fight choreography was really good. Definitely did something kind of cool there in those scenes. But, when I, earlier, I think one of the first things I said was violence for the sake of violence. A lot of that is like the dragging by the leg, mm-hmm. and the the constant torturing from Don Johnson and, you know, walking on glass, like, all that shit. Like, yeah. Didn't really seem necessary. My other thing is, the broken glass cell, I feel like eventually, with, you know, you have shoes on, wouldn't you just, like, scuff all the broken glass to one side? <laughs> like, why is it still all over the place? Yeah. Also, like, in this, like, crazy prison where, like, you're gonna get, like, electrodes tied to your belly and shock, and, and like, dumbass Vince Vaughn's the first person to be like, got shoes? block that electricity with the rubber insoles. It's like, oh yeah. I guess people in there aren't that smart. I was going to say, yeah, this maximum security prison. They're probably not the brightest. And it is a place that Amnesty International would have a couple questions if they knew about. No, wait just a second. Uh, does maximum security prisons have access to podcasts? I just want to know that. <laughs> so I know they edit that out. Uh, I'm not sure because I don't think that this is a prison in real life. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I don't think either one was. Yeah. Like when he when he got into the fridge, I was like, prison's not this this easy. <laughs> like even a medium security prison. It's like you got a room to yourself, nice bed, flushable toilet. And it's like that's not that's that's bullshit. We and got he, he, gets, he, yeah. he gets to the other place and it's like, no, you went too far. Right. It's not like this either. Overcorrecting. It's yeah. somewhere in the middle. Uh, okay. Well. Um, I thought for the topic today, we would, uh, it was inspired by Vince Vaughn's very un-Vince Vaughn-like role in this movie. Uh, talk about actors going against type. 
and changing things up. It's something a lot of actors do, I feel like, especially ones who start out like really kind of hot in their in a certain vein of their career and then just sort of their the quality just kind of slowly descends where they I mean you think about like uh I don't know what's a maybe Robin Williams when he started playing like bad guys in the one hour photo was yeah. a big jump for him Insomnia yeah. too yeah. yeah so are there any instances of care of actors going against type that stand out to you as like great decisions there are Two that jump into my mind immediately when this came up. Uh, one is Adam Sandler and Punch Drunk Love. Um, was that his first serious movie? I don't know if it was his first or not, but it was the one that put him on the map, and it may have been his first. It was 2002. It's pretty early. Okay, I just don't know. Yeah. Is it before or after Click? <laughs> before. Before. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it did like uh, uncovered an entire lane for him of. Yeah. Anytime someone says Adam Sandler's terrible, you go, well, he is good in these movies. And you list off, like, Punch Drunk Love. Spanglish. Spanglish. Rain or Me. Yeah. Not that great a movie, but he's good in it. Sure. Funny People. Sure. Yeah. It's kind of in between. Yeah. Meyerowitz. Meyerowitz. Sure. Yeah. All those movies got brought up when Meyerowitz came out. Um, mm-hmm. Another one who is his career kind of took a turn for the worst after this, but uh, uh, Jim Carrey in Eternal Sunshine. Mm. Is a good one. Sure. Uh, Even before that, Truman Show and The Majestic and Man on the Moon are all more dramatic leaning. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're they're leaning toward Eternal Sunshine, I feel like. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's the... Uh, I would say Eternal Sunshine is the first of those where it's like... It really doesn't feel like Jim Carrey right. as much. Yeah. And you're more impressed. Uh, what about uh, Charlie's Throne and uh, Monster? Monster comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That actually probably worked out better for her because I feel like she was... Maybe on the path to just being like romantic comedy roles, mm-hmm. yeah, and that opened up so many more doors for her because she's she's made a lot of good movies. Yeah, <clears throat> the the one the one person not to get off Charlize, but the one person that jumps to my mind is De Niro's turn to comedy. Yeah, <clears throat> is with Meet the Parents. Um, yeah, that's a good one. You know, he's the this like classic mafioso. And then meet the parents, and he's just like hilarious. And meet the parents, and he's not playing outside type that much in his comedic role. Meet the parents, right? But he's still really funny. And then he kept doing comedies. The same yes. with, but Am- like uh, analyze uh, this. It's almost like his mafioso guy, yeah. just with a or, different uh, bent to it. It's the Showtime. It's an old one with Eddie Murphy. Oh yeah, where he plays like the rough and gruff cop in a comedy. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then like then he comes back to do like Silver Linings Playbook. Which is yeah, we'll come back to do David O. Russell movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, just forever. Yeah, but then a movie that was a 2017 movie that's available to watch now that I just refused to is The Comedian, where right. he plays oh, yeah. a stand-up comedian yeah. who's. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Robert De Niro, there's a fun um, uh, cross-section movie with two people playing against type. You see this sometimes, like they kind of switched their roles. So you guys ever uh, see Mad Dog and Glory? Mm-hmm. It's an 80s movie where Robert De Niro and Bill Murray are in it, and one is like there's a uh, crime scene photographer and a mafia boss, and Bill Murray's the mafia boss, and Robert De Niro is a timid uh, crime scene photographer. <laughs> and they kind of both play against type there. Like, uh, Bill Murray reconstitutes his, his charm and his, like, you know, his cynicism to malevolence like people listen to all of his stories but he can also get people's legs broken yeah it's an interesting movie it's got Uma Thurman in it nice I, I wonder if 
if there's a if there's a line in the sand because you've got a movie and I don't I just thought of this because of uh, uh, Adam Sandler but you've got Al Pacino in uh, Jack and Jill <laughs> playing Al, playing Al Pacino and <clears throat> it's a bad movie so then you leave it going why the fuck did Al Pacino agree to be in this movie but if it like if he were in a good movie but we're also kind of like the butt of all the jokes and we're this thing like people would like applaud like oh well, he's it's a it's he can do comedy ju- like just as well yeah yeah I was actually going to bring that up like are there any other examples of of actors clearly trying to do that and it just failing miserably like um like Vince Vaughn <laughs> 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 um that's a good question like where somebody's I don't know. No, I see, I really know. goes for it I see and, get that. and tries to reinvent themselves, and it's just it doesn't work. It's just really bad. What about uh, I looked up a bunch: Kevin Costner and Mr. Brooks. Uh, yeah, where it's, Kevin Costner is a serial killer. It's the only movie where he doesn't play Kevin Costner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or he's so he's the trying only to be year the, that someone didn't send Kevin Costner a script about sports. Yeah, <laughs> he's trying. You know, he's trying to be the big heavy evil guy. I guess there's another evil in the movie, but he's just like way too. Yeah, he kind of ended up being the one you root for in that movie, sort yeah. of. Who plays the the kid who like looks up to him in that? Dane Cook. Dane Cook. Yeah. That's, oh, that's why. That's why, that's why that you root for him. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, he's a killer. I hope he kills Dane. This <laughs> movie. <laughs> what? Uh, There's a bunch of. Uh, I looked up a bunch of things where people um, were very successful at it. Well, yeah, like. Uh, Steve Carell and Foxcatcher comes to mind. Or even before that, um, uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's a comedy, but his part is largely dramatic. That's um, true. But it, it's weird. It's like the... But it, he's sort of playing, like, sad, pathetic in, in Little Miss Sunshine. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a little more in his wheelhouse as like an he's, actor. He's the third funniest character in that movie. Yeah. After the two that are obviously funny, which are the girl and... Grandpa? Yeah, not Alan Arkin. Adam Mark, Alan Arkin, is it Alan Arkin? Alan Arkin, Alan Arkin. Yeah. 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 And Abigail Breslin is the girl. Um, yeah, <laughs> but like in Foxcatcher, I was not ready for that. I was not ready for like, oh, psychotic, murderous, horrifying, mor- murderous yeah. man, Steve Carell. Uh, one I one I thought of, and it's one of Chris's favorite movies of the century. But uh, and I thought he was super successful. It's a character actor kind of getting out of their character. But uh, I thought Albert Brooks as the villain in Drive was. It, Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. How, you haven't really seen him in that mode again, or really seen that much of him. Yeah, and he was a great villain in that movie. <laughs> this is a funny topic on the heels of, I guess this will be two weeks ago, uh, Jessica Chastain's monologue at the beginning of SNL, where she's like, I keep getting cast in these super serious roles. Like, I can't, like, why can't I just be the girl who's in a rom-com one day? <laughs> nice. I got some other examples here. I got uh, a real interesting one was kind of like the Charlize Theron one was Brad Pitt and Twelve Monkeys. Kind of before that, he's a little heartthrob, like yeah, Legends of the Fall, Thelma and Louise, and he's just like is a jittery, neurotic character that he ended up, uh, you know, playing real charactery pieces later on in his career. I think that's the first time you start to take him seriously because then that and then, you know, guys talking about Brad Pitt in the nineties like, oh, he's good in Fight Club. Yeah, it became mm-hmm. okay to like Brad Pitt, and I think Twelve Monkeys is starting that path. Mm-hmm. I can see that. 
I mean, I, th- I think one that's weird that it was a very late turn, and it really shifted in what this actor did altogether for movies. He did like science fiction and drama forever, and then Leslie Nielsen made Airplane. Yeah, and he went to like Police Squad and Naked Gun, and it was like a, just a complete one eighty yeah. to what mm-hmm. his career was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because he was in like bad like, sci fi movies back in the fifties, yeah. and but he was playing very straight characters. Yeah, and made Airplane. And was it like, was like, all right, I'll do this now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tom Hanks is also a real famous one. You know, he's in Bosom Buddies. He's in like uh, Bachelor Party and stuff, and just starts to. Um, kind of carve out his own path towards drama. Pretty much like all rom-coms. Yeah. Yeah. Even like Splash, Big, are all kind of, you know, comedic leaning. Yeah. But then, you know, now he's one of the most respected dramatic actors of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, f- I feel like Philadelphia is the big enforced yeah. comp. But that, that one-two punch is... Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Um... It's been a long time since I've seen this movie, but uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, Henry Fonda yeah. plays like one of the most sadistic characters I ever. thought about that, and then I realized I didn't know Henry Fonda's like, filmography in order that well, so I wasn't sure. Yeah. Um, but he really doesn't ever go back to that, I don't guess. I mean, when does he play like a villain? Yeah, no, it's just kind of that, so that's yeah. why that movie really kind of stands out, right? Uh, <clears throat> I feel like a smaller version of that. Uh, Liam Neeson really plays with that in Batman Begins. Maybe it's because I just saw it recently, but he is always the uh, heroic person or a person who is m- the moralistic uh, in a you know tough situation. I can't remember him being a bad guy until Batman Begins, which is part of the the fun of that movie is the reveal of who he really is. Right, because he, uh, I think if you cast almost anybody else, you get suspicious of them in that movie right. a little more easily, mm-hmm. but. It's Liam Neeson. It's Qui-Gon. So, of course, you're going to trust his, like, you know, he he teaches Bruce how to be Batman. Yeah. He's Oscar Schindler. He saves people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the most successful ones in terms of, like, uh, money-making movies after that is, uh, Tarantino does this a lot, but John Travolta, Pulp Fiction, mm -hmm. kind of playing against the type he was in and then kind of drifted off and then you got it. That leading to Face Off, Broken Arrow, a whole bunch of like actiony stuff. I, actually, when you said Tarantino, I thought you were going to say DiCaprio. Yeah, that was in my big one for well. in Django. Playing, playing a villain and playing it well. Yeah, very off type for him. Uh, someone that we mentioned in relation to uh, De Niro was, uh, and I know that his second movie was Meatballs, but um, which isn't necessarily like a happy go lucky good time movie, but uh, Bill Murray, like. Um, Lost in Translation. Yeah, I was going to... Sorry. Yeah. I was like, Broken Flowers isn't it. <laughs> um, yeah. Really kind of showed that he can take that drama role incredibly well. And another person who surprised me in that vein of comedy to drama is Jason Sudeikis. Um, recently with Colossal. Yeah. Like, he does not play a fun role in Colossal. Right. Um, and he's really good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another... What was the other... Oh, Nebraska. It's Jason Sudeikis in Nebraska, right? No, it's... Uh, Will Forte. Will Forte, Will Forte yeah. 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 Then yeah. Another SNL example. Yeah. Um, you brought up Liam Neeson in Batman Begins. I guess that is kind of a bridge, but I think his, like, the, the Liam Assance was kind of started with uh, with Taken, which led to, like, The Grey and then all the other Taken movies yeah. on a train and on a plane and everywhere else, um, where he's become this, like, late... Really, it seems like since his wife died, which is weird, he was, like, started making all these action movies. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's interesting. Uh, I was, and I, I could just be misremembering, but uh, uh, Anne Hathaway. You yeah, know, it's a good example. Princess Diaries and like kids movies, right? Not Princess Bride, Princess Diaries, right? Correct. And like kids movies and like an object of romance, and then like Rachel getting married. Yeah, I was gonna think. I was thinking <clears throat> Havoc. Oh, I've like, only seen Havoc. Yeah, it was. It's it was, rough, man. Yeah, it was like right. It was like a year after one of those Princess Diaries <laughs> movies came out, so that was it was really jarring. Yeah, <laughs> to see Havoc. This is one I've never seen, but it's it's one that pops up on some of these lists. But it was uh, Tony Curtis played the Boston Strangler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that, and he was just you know a good guy in yeah. everything. He ever, just sort of a, a dorky kind of comedic role most of the time. For Tony he had done Spartacus, I guess, at mm-hmm. that point. I'm going real but, old. Yeah. Uh, if you guys ever seen Bringing Up Baby, Catherine Hepburn and uh, Cary Grant. Mm-hmm. I believe uh, both of them are kind of... They started uh, new paths for themselves going against type. Cary Grant is like this nebbish, neurotic guy. And before that, Catherine Hepburn was a bunch of like plucky dames with moxie. And then she's just like a... You know, one of the first manic pixie dream girls. On yeah, staying old, I mean, I think Jimmy Stewart and Vertigo is, is big, too. Yeah, kind of Jimmy Stewart, all his Hitchcock movies yeah. are... Uh, Against type for kind of the rest of his career, right? With everybody else, he just really loved Hitch. There are two that went. Not that they weren't in comedies before, but that really like stepped up their comedy game. I feel like, but I mean, I think Zac Efron in Neighbors was he was great, and I think that kind of opened the door to. I mean, let him do some other movies where he kind of buddied up with Franco and Rogan and that crew. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, then he's really good in We Are Your Friends. <laughs> and then. uh Another one, which I mean, I didn't know he was in this movie the first time I saw it, and I thought he was brilliant in it. But Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder was wild. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Cruise has done it a couple times because he did that, and he also did uh, Collateral, where he's just a yeah. villain. Just he's a, a bad guy. Bad guy. Yeah. I mean, Magnolia was a big step out for him to this like art house kind of. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's PTA, and, but it's right. Fidel Sky also. Yeah. Speaking of dipping toes in the art house. Uh, Cameron Diaz and being John Malkovich. That's a good one. Kind of, yes. I don't think she's seen that depth of her performance since then. Uh, kind of the classic Oscar thing of like just become ugly yeah. and then you can show more more range to what you can do. But she's really great in that. And it's kind of just a, I don't know, not that significant an actress. Man, I was outside of it. Clicking through this list that it came up with Ellen Page for Super, which isn't a good example, I don't think, but it made me remember her in that movie, and I was hard. like, yeah. Also, her in Hard Candy. Hard Candy. She's like, to me, they one of her first, though. I don't know. I think it was. Yeah. 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 And that's a really, if you want to talk about like a really jarring movie where like the physical violence. But this next one's a great one that I think we've all seen now, but uh, Patrick Stewart, Green Room. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Great choice. Yeah. He's he's brutal in that, and he's he's someone you just want to cheer for because he's Patrick Stewart, right? <laughs> he's either Professor X or he's Jean Luc Picard to you. And, <laughs> and he is a rough character. Yeah. Um, I got an example of uh, not doing this well in a uh, not great movie. Two not great movies. Matthew Fox, and he's always a hero party of five and uh, Lost. Lost. Did you ever see the Alex Cross movie? He's like a no, I know. bald serial killer guy. God. 
<laughs> and uh, <clears throat> one of the classic ones playing against type goes wrong is Elizabeth Berkeley and Showgirls. Ooh. You know, where you, it's like the Zac Efron role, your squeaky teen uh, role trying to be an adult and you go too far or you're not good enough for it. Yeah. I saw one of these, uh, one that I've actually, I've never seen the movie, but uh, Ben Kingsley in Sexy Beast is, that's, that's is listed as, as yeah. on a lot of these lists as, as a good example of that. But Yeah, when Gandhi goes gangster. British gangster movie. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, he's a brutal dude. Violent guy. Uh, I know that, that, actually, this is pretty recent news, because um, I'm seeing him on press tours. Martin Freeman... In Black Panther, has like a very serious role, uh, yeah. and is like, I don't, I don't, I don't know any spoilers because they're talking about it on a talk show, but like, you know, he plays like a villain type, um, and like you know, we know Martin Freeman is like kind of like mousy British dude. You know, he's Bilbo Baggins. He's Tim from the Office. Tim from the Rod Office. Watson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good good call. He's uh, very likable. Yeah, but supposedly he's for the Black Panther. It's another recent one from 2017, which I loved was in Logan Lucky, Daniel Craig being a oh, real out there character as Joe Bang is so, so much fun. I want him to be in more like <laughs> wild. I want him to be in like a Coen Brothers movie now because he's he's so much fun in that movie. Yeah, for me, I think the greatest example of I mean the most successful against type switch ever. Is you know, is on television and that's Brian Cranston, mm-hmm. from, yeah, uh, from Malcolm in the Middle, yeah, Funny Dad to Hal to the most, yeah, yeah. That one's a, it's tough. It's definitely the most successful, but I, I don't know how much of a household name he was prior to that. I mean, irrelevant for what we're talking about. He was a that guy before that. Yeah, so it's like he he was in Little Miss Sunshine as the guy who. Uh, Greg Kinnear pitches his book too, and he had like those types Scott of Hill. roles. Yeah. yeah, he's character actor. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, so what uh, are there any are there any actors you would like to see go Good against type? type? And what do you, what would you like to see them pivot to? I think there's there's like two uh, versions we're talking about here. It's either comedy to drama, drama to comedy, or hero to villain, villain to hero. It's yeah, kind of like seems the big to thing. dominate it. Yeah. yeah. I want to see. I, I love watching the trajectory of SNL cast members, and I know that one that we didn't talk about was Kyle Mooney in, in Brigsby Bear. It's yeah. like it's a it's a funny ish movie, but it's a very serious role, right? Um, you know, he it's autobiographical to some extent. But I would love to see Kate McKinnon do some serious drama work. Yeah, I want to see. I mean, David and I were talking about like I'm really excited for eventually be able to see Kate McKinnon just be like normal. Yeah, you yeah, have maybe. her like bridesmaids, not doing yeah. an accent and rough. Where she's night. like the yeah. the normal person. Yeah, because like I know TJ, you watched Skeleton Twins last week, and Kristen Wiig, she 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 can hang, and same with Bill Hader. Yeah, I mean that movie's definitely a a comedy before it's anything else, but it's a it's a it's a dramedy. I mean, right? Like mm-hmm. yeah, through. I mean, yeah. Kristen Wiig's role in the The Martian isn't funny. She's like the communications no, she's, director for NASA, and she's like she's good. She's not, she's not set funny. dressing. She's a mother. Yeah, furthest fucking thing from a comedy I've ever seen. <laughs> but I, 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 you know, I want to see what what all of them do. Not that Kate McKinnon's at the end of her career in SNL, but sure, she has that. People are throwing scripts at her; they right. have to be, yeah, um, because she's the the premier player on SNL right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've um, actually, like I've, Cecily Strong, also I think is 
you know, got some fantastic characters on there. Uh, this is, uh, you know, not SNL related, but it's uh, it is TV. Um, somebody who is is in the process of definitely going against type is Claire Foy, who oh, is yeah. going oh, from yeah. what's she doing? She's going from the Crown to uh, the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. That's right. <laughs> she's gonna be Elizabeth. Yeah. <laughs> How many they gonna remake this movie? Ooh, I got a good this one is like a sequel that's not even okay. a book. One that I've been excited about for. I feel like years, but I guess it just came out last year, but still isn't aired yet, is John Krasinski as Jack Ryan. Yeah. Uh, he's also directing that what looks like movie. a great horror movie that's yeah. coming out in a month or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just always like him. And he's just... What's that movie called? That License Don't to Wed. Speak. The yeah. Quiet Place. <laughs> Keep like it down. Keep it down. <laughs> it's some, some dumb plan where they can be a Quiet Place. It'd be great if it was just called... Shh. But I think he, he like... I don't know if he's producing it, but he's writing and directing it. Him and his wife, so cool. it seems like a brainchild of him, kind of. Yeah. So it looks great. You know what I'm not excited to see is uh, Mindy Kaling and that Disney movie, that Wrinkle, Wrinkle in Time. That movie just looks like it is not for me 100. percent It looks like it's gonna like oh damn it <laughs> you fucked it up yeah. Yeah, I could see this being the flop. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong too. I love that. I love that story. Good director. Um, yeah. For for actors who I'd like to see go against type, I would like to see Casey Affleck and or Rooney Mara play happy characters in a very pleasant movie. Yeah, it's I just still want them to be happy. It's still him wearing a sheet. Sure, but the sheet's got a smile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want Dev Patel to play somebody who's not good at computers. <laughs> Could you see uh, Rudy Mara in a comedy? Right, like that would be interesting. See, I well, think closest I, she came was like the beginning of Social Network, I guess. The, the, it's God, much, I forgot you. I think that. that's much more rare because comedy is harder than drama. Yeah. Because timing is so much more difficult. You know, I was actually listening to... Yeah, I feel like Leslie Dilson's the only one we've come up with, really, that... That made that like super successful jump, and he did it by just not changing the way he delivered lines. <laughs> <laughs> it's still just super serious, and just, all his just the lines are now funny, right? Yeah, because uh, uh, I was listening to you guys. Uh, it was one of the podcasts I wasn't able to join in on, and it was uh, when you talked about the Sam Elliott movie, the yeah, hero, the hero, and uh, oh my god, I just blanked. What the fuck was I going to say? Oh, uh, uh, Laura Prepon. Yeah. In that movie. And how she has to be a stand up comedian in that movie. And yeah. she's so bad at it. Because that's the thing you can't like teach a dramatic actor, apparently. Is right. how so to, bad. Is how to yeah. deliver comic timing on a stage. But that no, might be the worst scene of 2017. Not, not to talk about that movie too much again, but like. Sorry. No, no. It was just. I'm laughing at how bad it was. Like, yeah, you can't teach that. But wasn't there somebody who was present when they filmed that scene who went. This isn't working. <laughs> this isn't funny. This isn't. This isn't good. Maybe <laughs> let's say the actual stand-up who introduces the character. Yeah, yeah, just the like, actual comedian. Yeah. Unless you just like got in a car and left immediately after that. <laughs> yeah, it would, it would have been really easy for her to like write a bit about. Can't believe we're talking about this. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get it. I didn't get a shot. <laughs> it would have been so easy for that for that actual stand-up comic to write just a little bit about like. So my friend's sleeping with this old guy. Yeah. And just go on like that. And she could have probably made that somewhat funny. Yeah. Instead of being like, here's my friend who's sleeping with the old guy. Come on and do your bit about it. You know? Like, yeah. Anyway. Ball jokes. Yeah. Um, um, I want to see more of, because I think she's got 
chops. And uh, I was a big fan of St. Vincent. Uh, more dramatic roles for Melissa McCarthy because she really wasn't funny in that movie at all. Mm. It was all she very was normal. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I was trying to think if there's anything else for me that comes to mind. Uh, I'd like to see an Idris Elba comedy. He's See, he's like Leslie Nielsen. He's funny in The Office, but that's because he's dry the entire yeah. time. Yeah. He's he funny Zootopia, but maybe along the same veins. Yeah. I don't think that you can take... It's funny because he was a talking bull, though. <laughs> I don't think you can take someone with, like, his timber and make him, like, deliver the jokes. Yeah. I think he's got to be funny. Well, like, yeah, I don't like, think adjacent wacky to funny. It's his, yeah. It's his zany. Yeah. <laughs> Slapstick comedy. The drama to comedy thing is really bothering me. I'm trying to think. Yeah, you got any on your list there, Dave? Uh, well, some famous one. Uh, well, I don't know. More, more. <laughs> I think that's what Daniel Day Lewis should unretire for. I think he should try to master like slapstick comedy. I mean, saying he jumped out of out of what his norm was is bizarre because he just does everything. But uh, I haven't seen it. I really want to just to see what the hell's up with it. But nine apparently. It's like, why the hell did he sign up for this? Oh, that musical? Yeah. I think like because you've only got like 12 movies to do, man. <laughs> Why'd you pick that one? A good, a good one. Uh, sorry. I was going to say Elijah Wood, but that's also hard because I'm trying to think of someone who's not like, not that Elijah Wood's on the level of Danny Lewis, but someone who won't just like, yeah, I'm an actor. I'll do any roles that you write for me. Mm-hmm. I'll do these like suspense roles. I'll be the hero. I'll be the villain. I'll be a murderer. I'll be, you know weirdo who sees dogs like whatever like I'll do anything because mm-hmm. that's like you can't you can't plot that like the, 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 the correlation is not going to be anywhere close to one right um, I finally got one for who I want to see in a comedy is Michael Fassbender I want to see someone use his like intense intensity in a comedy it's Steve, not a comedy but one Steve of the Jobs funniest close, but. one of the funniest scenes I've seen ever is the Coca-Cola song in Frank Doe <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> so oh, yeah. damn funny. That that moment is definitely comedy. <laughs> he is definitely doing comedy, and it's I love that and song. It's amazing, so much. Uh, Assassin's Creed is hilariously bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Let's have a Coca Yeah, because they're like your songs are too sad. He's like, oh, people don't like that. <laughs> like, no, write something happier. And he goes, okay, it's Coca Cola, America, pigtails. It's like lots of. <laughs> imagery I wonder if when people cast for like French women it's like the the casting calls for like sad French woman and because like Marion Cotillard is is always like the person where terrible shit happens to her yeah I want to see Marion Cotillard like be able to have a good day with Rooney Mara like the two of them have like a they're best friends movie's called called shopping (laughs) (laughs) or the two of them like be the heroes in an action movie yeah that would be against type Called resting sad face. Cotillard, <laughs> Rooney Because um, even when she's like the the reveal in in, in Batman, uh, uh, the Dark Knight Rises, yeah. it's just like she delivers all of the I'm a bad guy like from a seated position, <laughs> and then and then dies. Yeah. <laughs> it's implied that she drives a truck, but you never see it happen. I would say I want Tom Hardy to be like the lead in a rom com, but I've seen that. It wasn't good. <laughs> but this means a war movie or whatever. Oh yeah. Like it was a bad movie. Yeah, Gerard Butler tried to go drama to comedy, but it was really bad. Uh, Battle of the Sexes or War of the Sexes. Good neighbors. They got a ball ball. 
I think I think they're doing that exercise where you like get on your knees, you with that thing, the wheel, and they're doing like stretches. Um, I would like to see Kristen Stewart do something more light. fun, <laughs> light, yeah. or or just I don't know, an action movie that'd be fun. Because she's like she's she, an American Ulta. She's 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 incredibly serious in Adventureland. Like like the comedy is written around her, but right. she's not funny in it. Yeah. Hmm. What spreadsheet are you looking at? I'm just looking at my every SAG nomination actor. Oh, just seeing if anybody pops out? Yeah. Yeah. Alicia Vikander in a comedy? <laughs> yeah. Alicia Vikander in another movie? Well, at least uh, I her, feel her, like she has Her and her husband yet. can make a uh, comedy together. Yeah. yeah. Mickey Fass. I saw Michael Fassbender in something recently, and I can't remember what it was. You know what? I want to see more. Uh, after seeing him in uh, Blade Runner 2049, uh, Barkab Abdi from Captain Phillips. Yeah. He's, he's such like a unique guy. Yeah. See him in more things. Against Todd might yeah. be tough for him. <laughs> I would like to see Ana de Armas in movies where she's not a hologram. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I was reading her filmography, and she's in this, like, Sounds horribly fucked up movie with Keanu Reeves that I kind of oh, want to see. Knock knock. Yeah, yeah. Man, Keanu Reeves is doing some weird movies. So these like two schoolgirls like pretty much like apparently show up and like rape him and then like torture him and his family. Two what? Schoolgirls. Oh, I thought you said squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I want to see that kind of. That's the nut job three. Get by a squirrel. <laughs> Sick threesome with How Keanu they Reeves get him and two up? squirrels. <laughs> Um, I want to see Viola Davis in a comedy, like a slapstick comedy. She's basically conquered drama. Yeah, I want to see her. I want to see like the cast of Fences in a comedy. In well, a actually, slapstick comedy. I'm pretty excited for this year uh, Steve McQueen's movie Widows. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got uh, like a bunch of uh, like shit ton of people in that movie. Shit ton of people in it. Uh, Viola Davis is in it. I can't remember who else, but she's like a gangster's wife, and they end up like having to do a some kind of caper. Mm-hmm. Sounds fun. I think Ryan Gosling should put on the, the ugly makeup and be like a sadistic character or something. That'd be fun. Well, he's going to play Neil Armstrong this year. <laughs> Wacko Neil Armstrong. He's going to hit her. That'll be it. He's going to hit a reporter at some point in that movie. Uh, I want to see Anna Kendrick as a serial killer. <laughs> Well, you, you know what? Pitch We're laughing, yet. but I think this is how a lot of these like movies get pitched, <laughs> and then they happen and they get rave reviews. It's like a Mad Libs. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like there's just like there's two wheels. Actor one has actors and name. one has uh, just like stock character roles. Yeah, and they just like... spin one and spin the other and see what it lands on. Like Barkat Abdi, huh? President <laughs> of the U.S. <laughs> sure. All right, let's let's, let's roll. That's it. against type. Barkat Abdi is William Henry Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was looking at. <laughs> There's a really uh, amusing uh, through line in Morgan Freeman's career because we see him as like dignified. You know, he just won like you know Lifetime Achievement Award at the Globes. Mm-hmm. And uh, or Screen Actors Guild, Screen Actors Guild, um, yeah. and <clears throat> all this stuff. But like, one of his first roles, starring roles, was like as a pimp in yeah. the seventies. Yeah. yeah, and you know, going from from villain to hero for Morgan Freeman for us is like irrelevant, right? Like he's always been like on the good side of the line. Then he has some some little side steps, like he's in Dreamcatcher, <laughs> 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 evil general. 
Yeah, I want like another brawl in Cell Block 99, but starring Julia Roberts. <laughs> I'll tell you one. I wouldn't mind seeing making a run at a <laughs> stupid at a uh, a like lead role in a very dramatic movie because I think he was great in Steve Jobs and the dramatic roles he's had in like Knocked Up and and the Cancer Adam Sandler movie. 50. Plenty of people. Yeah, well, I feel like he's a comedic relief in Fifty Fifty kind of. He's just combined. Yeah. yeah, Seth Rogen. I think he's he's been good in a dramatic role before. He's just never had the lead. I feel like. Mm-hmm. You ever see Take This Waltz? Hmm. He's in that too. Yeah. Not very comedic. Right. <laughs> who on your list? Who else has gone comedy, uh, drama to comedy? Drama to comedy. I said De Niro at, at, the, at the jump, which if you would have asked that question like 10 years ago, you'd be like, yeah, De Niro's a great comedic actor. But like now, that there's been a lot more comedy. Dirty Grandpa in. and the other one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this, this, well, this you got Christopher Walken, who basically like uh, takes his Christopher Walken style and then like, just context makes it funny. Mm-hmm. It's like Joe Dirt, Hairspray, a bunch of stuff like that. Yeah, click. Adam Sandler movies. Click. <laughs> I feel like uh, this is an example of this guy mostly just being miscast early in his career, but uh, Channing Tatum, I feel like, started out in a lot of those just like kind of like shitty click. rom-coms. He's just a great fucking actor. And he then click. he... Just is so funny. He's so good in comedies. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah, he's he's good in everything. Foxcatcher, he was great. Magic Mike, he was phenomenal. He's good in. uh, He's great. Logan Lucky. Yeah, again. He's good in Kingslayer. Uh, I think Adam Driver kind of fits that. Kingslayer. I would. Kingsman. 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 More, (laughs) more comedy from Adam Driver, please. Just more Adam Driver. Period. Oh yeah, he's so funny when he's trying to be funny. His character in Girls is so troublesome. Yeah, like I've only seen the first four or five episodes, but whenever he's on screen, it's so hard. Yeah. There's no such thing as against type for him because he has no type. Yeah, I mean, one of his first movies was hilarious in that, uh, um, uh, oh. what's the Coen Brothers movie that I love so much? Inside Lewin Davis. Inside Lewin Davis. Yeah. God, he's so funny. He's in that movie for like three minutes. He's hilarious. He's also really funny. I forget the name of the movie because it's, it's, um, Tina Fey and Jason Bateman are brother and sister and they're, their brother uh, is oh this Adam, is where we leave you this is where we leave oh, you yeah. where like the pa- their their parents are dead and they're sitting shiva and mm-hmm. <laughs> Adam Driver starts fucking the therapist that that the mom had made them all see their entire lives mm-hmm. he's just really funny in it like gets them all like smoke weed in like the the synagogue it's real good Michael Shannon in a rom com can I get that <laughs> yeah I love Michael Shannon. <laughs> That would be really interesting. <laughs> or just more comedy for him. He's weird. Kelly was talking about it when we were uh, hanging out. Ross me on the weekend before. He's uh, Chris Hardwick's old show on Comedy Central at midnight. One of the funniest episodes is the one where, where Michael Shannon is on. Because, you know, his delivery's so dry, but he's very smart and very quick mm-hmm. that he was just, like, hilarious. There's actors on actors that I highly recommend with Michael Shannon and Adam Driver interviewing each other. Yeah. It's great. I've seen that one. Yeah. He Michael, tried, yeah, Michael he, Shannon's just great. He tries to make jokes with Adam Driver, and Adam Driver doesn't have his, like, <laughs> comedy chip installed that day. <laughs> because he just, like, blows right past him. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Adam Driver focuses on the weirdest thing in that conversation, not the derail what we're doing here, but, like... The theater closed. Why did it close? Something about they talked for like two minutes about not being up to code. It's like, what are y'all talking about? <laughs> Great. I have some examples of uh, going against type for directing. Yeah, I was, I was going to bring that up too. What do you have? 
Uh, I got some maybe we could make a little game out of. Guess who directed it out of left field? Well, before you did that, I'll just... Because my only example okay. was from the future. But uh, Quentin Tarantino, apparently, if he goes... Star Trek. He follows through with his Star Trek mm-hmm. plan. That is definitely against type. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to look this up, but I just asked David. What is, what is Danny Boyle's pathway? Because I feel like 127 hours was a little weird. Uh, you did Shallow Grave, which is like British indie kind of crime stuff. Uh-huh. And then Train Spotting. From Train Spotting, he's had some weird... Sidesteps too. Yeah. Like he also did millions, kind of a, like little kids movie. Um, That's right. That's one of his favorites. Uh, yeah, and Slumdog. Also, obviously, two thousand two did uh, twenty four days later. Is that what the movie was called? Twenty eight days later. <laughs> I was like, that sounds a little off. David watched the like cut for television. <laughs> it's the prequel. Twenty four days later. Like a futuristic rom com. <laughs> Who? Joe Wright. Atonement and Dunkirk. The Darkest Hour. Oh, yeah. And Hannah, which is a Hannah. weird... And Pan. <laughs> he did Pan as well. Yeah. yeah, there's an interview with him where he talks about, like, I did a movie that was, like, a big-budget film that was did really poorly in the box office. It was universally, like, like, like not good. You can tell he was dodging the word Pan. <laughs> <laughs> it's real funny. I don't want to talk about it directly. Let's wait. Spit your game idea. That sounds fun. Sure. Uh, who directed Spy Kids? Uh, it's Benicio, not Benicio del Toro. Um, <laughs> uh, Robert, Robert Rodriguez. Is that yeah. His name? yeah, way less violent movie. Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. Nice. Uh, who directed uh, Elephant Man? Uh, John Waters. No. Oh, I know this. Yeah, Another departure. Man. I don't know. No, it's fuck. Mel Brooks produced it. But he kept his name off the credits because he didn't want people to think that it was a joke. Who, who is it? David Lynch. David oh, Lynch. that's right. Yeah. Professional <clears throat> fucker around her. What about, uh, you may not know the movie. It was uh, Meryl Streep was an inner city music teacher, Music of the Heart, in the 90s. Uh, I remember nominated that. Nominated for an Oscar. Feel good movie? I'll just tell you, it was Wes Craven. Whoa, <laughs> From left field. How about uh, ha- dancing penguin movie, Happy Feet? Oh, uh, that's uh, George Miller. George Miller also did. <laughs> nice. It's also not that outside type because he, he did Babe, he did Happy Feet, and then he did all the Mad Max movies. Yeah. <laughs> wow, weird. Yeah. Um, what about uh, Jack, Robin Williams movie where he ages ahead of time? Robert Altman. <laughs> Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> oh my God. How about uh, Patrick Swayze movie Ghost? I don't know who directed Ghost. Phil Alden Robinson. No. Zucker Brothers. Jerry Zucker did it. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Which is bizarre. Uh, you may know this. Uh, a Good Year, where Russell Crowe is a uh, wine aficionado. A little, like, it's nothing of a movie. Uh-uh. Sophia Coppola. Ridley Scott. <laughs> and uh, Rango. He drinks a ton. Uh, CGI movie Rango. Johnny Depp's a chameleon. It's actually a good movie. It's a good movie. I don't know. Gore Verbinski of The Ring and Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> I got just a couple more. Uh, Annie, the original Annie with uh, a- Annie. White, White Annie. <laughs> <laughs> I forget who was White that. Annie. Uh, I'm just trying to think of the main guy uh, hmm. from Big Fish. Albert Finney is Daddy Warbucks yeah. in Annie. 70s movie. Uh, a lot of people. Director love it. is. 
gonna be I'll, I'll say uh, Clint Eastwood <laughs> Goddard <laughs> John Huston director oh, wow, wow. and it's another uh, older director uh, who did The Wiz Michael Jackson is the Scarecrow it's a musical Dinah Ross um, that's probably gonna be Alfred Hitchcock <laughs> Steven Spielberg Mel Brooks <laughs> director of Dog Day Afternoon Sidney Lumet oh, wow. <laughs> he also Weird. did Network <laughs> Wow. Just a couple examples, but some ones we know of are like Martin Scorsese doing a kids movie, Hugo. Yeah. Kevin Smith doing Red State, going that's uh, kind yeah, of that's his sidetrack into horror. Ang Lee doing Hulk. It's just yeah. bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Amelie. But just some examples, and then two actor examples in the uh, Marvel universe: Kenneth Branagh doing Thor was that left field and started a thing for him, and John Favreau doing Iron Man after doing like. Zathura. <laughs> another, but then comedies. Another director who definitely switched up was uh, Sam Raimi. I think of like doing the horror movies for from years, Hell. and then Spider Man. He did the Spider Man. Sure, he yeah. had he's had so many like weird turns before that though. Uh, so I guess like, I he's, didn't he's got that. the he did Dark Man, that movie with Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. Um, he did uh, a Simple Plan. With like right. Billy Bob Thornton, like they find money and it's like a murder Bill, Bill thriller. Paxton. Yeah, this time next year we'll have to talk about the Queen Anne movie directed by Yorgos Lanthimos. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be out of left field. Yeah, um, but that's uh, against type. Yeah, yeah that, was for a, that was a fun discussion. So for assigning homework next week is our very own Chris. Damn it! I was gonna say. If he's ready. <laughs> no, I, I wanted to point out something, but I, I can't get the information in time. I know that Tyler Perry has done like a serious action movie, and then also all of the Medea movies. He did Alex. He was in he Alex was Cross. I think fighting he played, Matthew Fox. Yeah. yeah, and he was also he was actually really good in Gone Girl. Yeah, it's like oh, the, he was good. The, uh, good in Star comics. Trek too. Yeah, Star Trek as well. Star Trek. Anyway, uh, homework. So we're playing a game next week. Don't, don't know what game it's going to be, but I've kind of got an angle right. that's it's a, a little similar to this, but I won't cannibalize too much. I want to make sure I get the title right. Um, that's important. Uh, to assign. So it's on Amazon Prime. Mm. It is starring Daniel Radcliffe. Mm. Um, getting all right. Got all right reviews. Uh, it's the movie Jungle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Jungle. I don't know a whole lot about it. Yeah, I want to see it. I think um, it's like maybe based off a true story or a few true stories that like, get abandoned in the jungle. Yeah. I'm either going to go two directions with the game. I know that, that some people can't help but prepare, so then I'll, I'll say two so that preparation could be dashed. I'm either going to do the um, uh, you know the, the idea that like a script gets people rush to production because they read a script, they don't have the script, someone else has the script, so you get Volcano and Dante's Peak. Hmm. Is uh, this movie looks like it is Lost City of Z? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm either going to do that, or I'm going to do something stupid with uh, the Harry Potter kids. We'll see. Sure. Okay. <clears throat> well, cool. <clears throat> Can't wait for that. So this was Talky Talk podcast for the MediaBoss.com. Please visit the site, see our stuff, connect with us on Twitter, Gmail, Facebook groups, Facebook page, Instagram, and Grinder. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. Podcast topics and things you can do to help us would be to subscribe and give us a rating. I want to say thanks to Willow Walkers for providing the intro music. <laughs> and thanks to Boo Reefa for providing the intro mu- outro. And I'm officially now out of words. So that means thanks to you guys. 
And that also means you listened. Kicking rocks down old dusty roads. Small town, slow pokes, long time ago. Kicking out records of all the things that I know. Kiss me, lipstick.